It's good morning, everyone, family. I think I know everybody here, but if you don't know me, I'm Jess. And I get to share this morning some of the things that I feel like God's been speaking to me. So this um, summer, if you don't know, we're our, we are working through um, our summer series called Praying Through, where we're looking to the Psalms to help us fully express our hearts to God, really, and pray through the things of life. Um, and actually, I'm really thankful for the fact that there was a man like David who put poetry and prayer down in the way that he did to give us language. And Tom said it so well in his preach, to train us in the language of honesty or to speak of the way life really is. Um, because life is a lot, and it's full of beauty and brokenness and wonder and chaos and joy and grief. And there are all these sort of tensions that we find ourselves in. Um, and it can be really hard to navigate those things. And um, it can be hard to even keep track of our hearts, much less to learn how to express what's going on in our hearts to God so that we can be known by him. Um, so if it's difficult even on the good days to express where we're at, what do we do when things get hard? What do we do when life doesn't go as planned, which it rarely does? What do we do when we feel disappointed or confused, angry or numb? What about when we can't find the words, or even if we can, our words and our prayers seem to be met with silence? Um, my title of my ser sermon or message is called Praying Through the Silence When We Don't Know What to Pray. And actually, it's cool how God works because the, the, the psalm that I chose for this week was actually Psalm 13, the one that John read this morning. And I'm going to just read it again. Um, it's up here. Is this the ESV translation? Okay, so I'll just read from my Bible. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountiful, bountifully with me. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you that it is true. And I just pray that today as we're just talking about praying through the silence or trying to find the words that you would do a deep work in us and you would remind us of the truth of who you are and that we can come to you with honesty. Um, yeah, just use my words this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So there are a lot of things in life that can bring us to these points of sort of this confusion and silence. Um, there's a huge scale of these things. Some of them are these catastrophic life moments where the bottom just drops out. Things like the death of a loved one, um, divorce, serious illness and diagnosis that wasn't expected, or losing a job or a home. 
And some of us in the room have experienced these things firsthand. And if not, we've probably walked pretty closely with people who have gone through those things. And it's in those times where you're just kind of left reeling and wondering, what do I even pray? What do I even say? What do I even do? Um, and I love that it's the, in those times where we can actually turn to the honesty of the Psalms. There's so many of them, like Psalm 13, where David is praying, how long, O Lord, will you forget me? Um, in Psalm 10, he says, why, Lord, are you so far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 42, he says, my tears have been my food day and night. All of your breakers and waves have gone over me. In Psalm 22, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that one is familiar to us because Jesus himself actually prayed that one on the cross. In his moment of deepest anguish and pain, he probably didn't have words to speak to actually express it, and that's the thing that he chose to say. That's what came to his mind um, in that place of deep pain. Um, what an example to us, right? If you need permission to use the Psalms, Jesus himself has given them to you. Um, so there are these big devastations, and there are these big moments, but kind of what I want to focus on a little bit more and spend some time on is just the wear and tear of everyday life that can leave us feeling beat up and detached, drained, and numb. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit of my own story in that. So I remember the first week of my discipleship training school, I was sitting in this garden. Um, this is when I went with YOM. And I was just listening for God, asking him to speak to me and just say something to me. And what I believe I heard him say was that he wanted me to be like David. And in that moment, just having like this real sense that um, he was inviting me to just be honest with him always, just to lay it all out there, be straight up. And just like even in Psalm 62, David says to pour out your heart to God. I felt like God was just giving me this permission to do that. And I've always been a journaler. I process things as I write. And so pouring my heart onto paper is just a really easy thing for me to do. I've never had a struggle with that. From the beginning of my walk with God, I, I feel like it was always that place that I could, no matter what was going on, it was very impactful in my time that I spent with him. Um, I could process, I could listen for his voice, and I could kind of work it all out on paper. And then so fast forward, you know, a decade or so, time goes on and life is filled with work and marriage and babies and all the things of life. And the journaling happened less often, but still it was something that tethered me. And no matter what was happening, there was this freedom that I felt to pick up my pen and connect my heart with God. And then one day, almost like a light switch, it just stopped. And I can't really give a real explanation as to what dried up that flow of communication. I can look back and see that there were some factors that played into that, but I still don't fully exactly know what brought this cloud or this silence that was like a darkness. Trying to process my heart, I would just stare at a blank page. I didn't know how to put words to anything. I couldn't make sense of what I was feeling. I didn't even know how to pray anymore. And something that had felt so easy was all of a sudden gone, and I just felt like I had lost my footing. And there wasn't this catastrophic event. You know, you can, you can expect that, you know, when, you know, something big happens, your feet come out from under you, and you expect, what do I say? But 
it was actually this just more like these series of events that just sort of wore me down. Things like busyness, unanswered prayer, chronic pain, loneliness, disappointment, strained relationships, burnout, and exhaustion. Those wears and tears of everyday life. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to some of those things that I just said. Because sometimes life brings us to a point where we don't know how we feel, much less how to express it. Sometimes the daily fight just to keep our heads up leaves us feeling lost and we find ourselves stuck in this silence wondering if God even is seeing us or even cares or if we even care whether he does or not. But this is also the time where we can find solace in the Psalms where like those ones that I just had read, David is someone who's gone before us and has said these things. And then, and then brings us back to the truth of what really is. He lends us the words when we've lost our own. Um, so I had gone through this probably period of about six or seven months, and it was like radio silence. I could not express anything. And I'm like a big feeler, big talker, big emotional person. And so to not be able to do that for six months was like this weird bottled up frustration in me. And I felt the same like silence on the other end. I didn't feel like I felt God's presence or I could hear him. And it was just this really difficult time. And I know six months in the grand scheme of life is not a long time, but in that season, it felt long and dark. I remember praying at community group and thinking while I'm praying these words that I knew I was praying, should pray, this is muscle memory. I feel nothing. I don't even know if what I'm praying is true, but it's like going through the motions. And then slowly there was this thing that happened where God began to gift me with some things during this time. And I wrote something about six months in when I was finally able to like, put something to paper. I'm glad that I did because it started a process for me. I'm just going to read it out. So it's so important to put words to things. Somehow naming something and seeing it as it really is helps us to begin to move through it. Finding words to express something brings it into reality and makes it something tangible to work with. I have not had words over these last months. My heart has felt overwhelmed, overloaded, and scrambled but God has faithfully begun to hand gifts to me during this disordered, disordered time, and they have struck something vibrant in my heart. Music, art, photography, nature, poetry. And though I feel gapped for explanation or definition, these gifts have transcended the words I've been, able, I've been unable to find and worked themselves deeply into me. They speak into thin air things I couldn't find before. They unlock my chest and give space to breathe when it feels heavy or suffocating. I'm still waiting on the words, but I know they'll come. And for now, I'm thankful for these treasures, like altars for worship. They're holding me tight and keeping me steady. And so these things, music, art, photography, nature, poetry, they were kind of like a lifeline again back to God. I didn't even want to open my Bible at that point. I didn't know how to name the things going on inside of me. And I had no idea what to say, but these things were slowly God's way of reconnecting, bringing me back. I remember going for walks and just putting on headphones with instrumental music 
and I'd be walking and I'd be listening to this music. And again, I couldn't get the words out, but I would feel something. And it was like life was coming back into me. And there was moments I would feel God's presence. And I, even at that point, I was like, I don't even know what to say to you. And I would feel these things, but it was just this moment of communion again that I'm so thankful for. Then I came across a Mary Oliver poem. And I don't know if you know Mary Oliver, but if you don't, you need to. <laughs> she is a beautiful poet. Um, and it was almost like she just ran a highlighter over my heart, like what was going on. And she put words to something that I was like, Phew. I can't even remember what poem it is at this point. I've read so many of her poems that just, um, yeah. But it, it was a moment that I had that it was like, that is how I feel. And after a long time of feeling locked away in silence, it felt like my heart was beginning to open and soften again. Um, sometimes it was like a big deep breath of fresh air, and other times it felt like the pins and needles of blood returning to a dead limb, and it was painful. Either way, I was coming back to life. Um, and eventually, this is actually what journeyed me back to the scriptures. This is what brought me back to the Psalms and back to prayer. God was reminding me again of his desire for me to be like David. Because in our hurt, our pain, struggle, whatever it is in life, we have a tendency to want to numb, to avoid, distract, or escape. And often we're so unaware of what our own feelings and thoughts and inner workings are. And that's why the Psalms are so powerful, because they actually pull those things out of us as we read them. They reconnect us with the state of our hearts, and they are honest. It's like knowing someone's gone before you and said the thing that you didn't know you were allowed to say. You know, and you're like, oh, I'm allowed to say that? Okay, okay, this is okay. The Psalms is, are giving us permission. And how beautiful it is to know that God himself is giving us permission. It's in scripture. We have that permission to feel the things that David was feeling, to, to go through the, the ups and downs of life, and to actually bring them to the Lord. And when we can't give God our own words, he gives us words. But the Psalms aren't just powerful and helpful because they're honest. They're powerful and helpful because they're true. There is a truth that is woven through all of them that transcends all of life and that holds us together when we feel like nothing else can. And life has a way, and God has a way through life, of shifting and shaking our very human and very limited viewpoints. We need that shaking, and God wants that shaking, but it's not easy. Our ideas do need to be challenged, and often it's our circumstances that start to challenge those things and open us up to be like, oh, that wasn't the way I thought it was. There's a song by Andrea Marie, and one of the lines is, you are who you say you are, it's different than I thought. And I love that line because it's like, there's a constant growing in us where it's like, so something happens in life and all of a sudden we go, wait, I thought God was going to do this, or I thought he was like this. And then we need to reorient ourselves to what's true. And it's usually different than we think. <laughs> and that's okay. It's take, it takes time sometimes to figure those things out. And we can take that time and we can understand that God is in fact a God of process and that he's not in a hurry as we figure ourselves out in him. 
And we can look to David's life even as an example of that. His growing into knowing who God is, the whole fact that he dealt with a lion and a bear before he even dealt with Goliath was a growing of his faith. He has massive mess ups in his life. He dealt with war and betrayal and lust and loss and all of these really big things and probably a whole lot of stuff in between that we don't even know about. And I imagine him sitting, you know, with his sheep out in the, in the fields, sunsets and sunrises and under the stars and just contemplating all of these things, just like we do when we're like wondering about God or asking these questions. But the thing that he constantly did was reorient himself to the truth. And that's what we need to do. I love that so many of David's Psalms have this pairing of the honesty of his own heart and the truth of God. The one in Psalm 13, again, it's like, this is where I'm at. Like, wow, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? And then at the end, he still comes back to say, like, I'm going to trust you. You're like, and there's that theme and that or pattern, I guess you could say, through so many of them. Um, even in the ones that I mentioned before, my God, why have you forsaken me? At the end, he says, those who seek you shall praise. My tears have been my food day and night. Hope in God, for again, I shall praise him. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? My heart will rejoice in your salvation. And there is a movement here that we need to pay attention to that is absolutely necessary in life. When we bring the truth of our circumstances and where we're at, honestly, to the, to the truth and the presence of God, it's actually an act of worship. But sometimes we need someone to take us by the hand and sometimes we need someone to put the truth in our mouths. And that's the gift of the Psalms. And we need to learn and relearn, and it isn't easy, but that's okay, because that actually is the reality of life following Jesus. And to be honest, I'm still in this weird place of kind of silence and bottled up emotion and those months of six, those six months have actually turned into years now. And I don't really know how to make sense of it still. And I don't really see an end, but I'm learning to be okay with that and to just trust that God is doing something in the middle of it. And so I wanted to share, I guess, just an encouragement to anyone here who feels like maybe they are in the middle of the silence. Maybe it's been short, maybe it's been lifelong, I don't know. But if it feels like you've been in a darkness and you've been asking, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? I have two pictures. The first is of a garden and not a lush garden, all bountiful with harvest, but the dirt. Um, this week, again, I planted some more seeds in my garden just to grow some new lettuce. And if you've ever gardened or planted a seed, you know that there is this time between planting and seeing the growth that important things are happening underground. It is a waiting period before those little green sprouts start to shoot up and I get so excited when they do. <laughs> but there is this period where it's just nothing and you're waiting. And I, but underneath the surface, seeds are opening and what happens with the seed is first the roots grow down. They reorient themselves. Doesn't matter what position the seed is under that ground, the roots go down before anything else can go up. 
It's the way it must go. What sometimes feels like silence, loss, or darkness can actually be a deepening in us that we may not yet have words for. And yet, here is another beautiful truth. Even in the darkness and the waiting, he is with us. Psalm 139, which has been through all of the sermons, I think, um, it says, if I, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for the darkness is as light to you. The darkness is as light to you. That tells me that there is never a time in our life, no matter how great the joy, how deep the grief, how consuming the pain, how long we wait, or how numb we feel to any of it, that God is not actively, intimately present. He's always with us, and it's doesn't matter how silent or dark it feels, it's true. And in spite of how we feel, and if we even never fully see it, or understand why, sometimes we don't get those answers, right? Sometimes we're left with the why. But if we know who God is, and we know who the truth is, what the truth is, we can entrust the whys and the things we don't understand to the goodness of God. The second picture I have is that of a, a womb and a baby growing in the womb. Again, I'll reference Psalm 139. It says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. I've had four babies in my life, and every single time I am constantly amazed at just the miracle of the development that happens from week to week. And we used to get these emails back in the day before we had like, apps and stuff on your phone. We'd get these emails that would tell us what size your baby is. Today, your baby is the size of a blueberry, and then your baby's the size of an apple, and now your baby's the size of a butternut squash. And I just remember thinking, like, reading about those things that had happened just in the span of a week, these intricate, important details, um, as this little one's just tucked away in this darkness. And you don't see much happening on the outside apart from your belly's growing, but all these really integral, integral parts of this child is being formed in the darkness. And then after this long waiting period, which actually is so perfectly timed, a beautiful new human enters into the world, and those details are so complete and mirac miraculous. And it's still, even still, some of those details we don't see. Like there's all this stuff when we come out as a human, <laughs> we're like our internals, we don't see. There's brain synapses and organs and nerves and all of this stuff happening that we don't see on the surface, but are very, very vital to our very well-being in our life. And isn't that just a picture of what God is doing in these dark and silent places? The darkness has a purpose. And what is being grown and cultivated in us in those times of silence and darkness are far more important than we can ever fully know. And we can trust that because we can trust the one who is actually working it out in us. Just like David, when we know who God is, even if we don't see it, we don't understand it, even if we're not paying attention, we can still trust that he is doing something good. I read a quote a little while ago that says, God declares his glory in the light, but he forms new life in the dark bringing it to surface in his time and in his own way. And so I have three questions that I want to kind of leave us 
with and ask. I think they're up here. What new life is God forming in the dark and silent places of your life today? And I understand, I don't even know if I have the answer to that question for myself. And that's okay, if you don't have an answer, that's okay. I want everyone to just feel okay with, you're allowed to be where you're at right now. And let's just be honest with where we're at because that's a really important part of the journey too. But just maybe start to think about it because until I started to really think about things, I didn't realize that God was actually gifting me some of these things that were putting words and unlocking my heart in a way that I, I wouldn't have been on my radar before. Um, another question is, what is the truth that you can hold on to in this time? So maybe we don't know what's going on inside of us, but we do know who God is. And so we need to continue to hold on to those truths and remind ourselves of them, even when we don't want to hear it, because, oh man, there are times where my husband will remind me of what's true, and I'm like, where? I don't even care. Don't even tell me. I don't want to hear it. But their truth is true, and we need to hear it, whether we want to hear it or not. Um, the third question is, how can you hold peace while still holding question? And I think this is a tension that we really need to learn to walk in, because we're always going to have questions, and we're not always going to get the answers, but there can still be a peace that we walk in and that we cling to that defines our life because of the steadiness of who God is. So I'm just going to pray, and then I do have a homework assignment for you too. <laughs> but thank you, God, for your unshakable truth. Thank you for the gift of the Psalms and just the honesty that they bring. I thank you that you promise that you're always with us, that even in the silence and the dark, you are still doing something. Even when we don't have to understand it or see it, we can trust you. I thank you that you are a God who redeems and restores, that you are a God who keeps your promises. You complete what you start and you never fail. I also thank you that you ask us to be honest. And I pray that you would help us to be honest with you in a new way today. Help us to trust you deeper today and help us to hold on to that peace even while we're still holding questions. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you're continuing to do in us and for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So your homework this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting back into it. <laughs> um, so your homework for this week is to find a psalm that you connect with, like just like John did this week, Psalm 13. Great. Find a psalm that you connect with in this season of your life. I want you to rewrite it in your own words as a writing exercise, and then I want you to pray it this week to the Lord and see what happens there. Okay? Great. Yeah, that's it.